Hello and welcome back to Disney Matter. From Amity Blight to Zarina the Pirate Fairy, we are looking into the vault and beyond with me, your host, Jack. Happy Pride Month everyone. Hope everyone has been doing well. There's no main matter today, but there's so much that's happened in the last couple of months, I decided just to make a news update just for you fine folks. So, let's begin, shall we? First up, I need to apologise for our last episode. I was hesitant about the new Rescue Rangers release. I was cautious, I really liked the series. I had it on DVD and everything. The episode was released on the day of release, so I had no idea what the, the movie was going to be like, and I thought it might have just been hit by the curse of live action. But I'm glad to admit, I was wrong. Yeah, thanks. And you look different. Ah, uh, hey, it's no secret I had the CGI surgery. How's this for a break? I'm thinking it's time for a Chippendale reboot. The plot of the movie goes like this. It's been over 30 years since the end of Chippendale Rescue Rangers and Chippendale are currently living in the life of mediocrity in a world where humans and cartoon characters live together. Meanwhile, traditionally animated characters are doing their best to live in a world of remakes and reboots with realistic computer graphics. Now Chippendale must renew their partnership and bring the gang back together to try and save their friend and teammate Monterey Jack a fate worse than death. Video piracy. I honestly I didn't know this was gonna be the plot. I know it'd be like a mystery and that, but knowing it was kind of a kind of parody of itself, being like all oh, like reboots recently, they had mentions of Baloop getting this CGI makeover, which inspired Dale to get his CGI makeover. It was just genius. I didn't know what I had in store. And just there's so many cameos. I thought it'd just be Disney cameos, but no. There was everything, you had Dobby, you had E.T., you had South Park, and that's just name a few. And then we had Ugly Sonic. <coughs> yeah, Dale, I'm gonna be up on that stage too, right beside you. Oh, they're laughing at me. I know that. You can't hurt my feelings if I'm in on the joke. Ugly Sonic was a surprise I didn't expect coming. We have Sonic, Ugly Sonic in this movie. It's not a cameo, but they're a character, a full-fledged character. And not to spoil the plot, um, there was an actor that's been a little typecast to a certain villainous role to say. Honestly, I would give it a 7 out of 10. It's a good watch. I would say there's a few parts I wasn't a big fan of. Zipper uh, point just felt looked a bit iffy. That was the one the CGI choices looked a bit weird. It was a movie I didn't expect to like, and with characters, I thought I'd never see in a Disney movie. Change can be difficult, but it's how we grow. It can be the hardest thing to realize you can't hold on to something forever. Sometimes, you have to let it go. But of the things you let go, you'd be surprised what makes its way back to you. Amphibia ended on May 14th with one of the best season finales I have seen for a show. If you don't know about Amphibia, Phibia chronicles the adventure of 13-year-old Anne Bunchoy, who is magically transported to a fantastical world of Amphibia, a rural marshland full of frog people. There she meets an excitable young frog named Sprague Planter, his unpredictable sister Polly, and overprotective grandpa Hop Pop. With Sprague's help, Anne will transform into a hero and discover the first true friendship of her life. Unbeknownst to Anne, however, her other friends were also transported to Amphibia and were forced to adapt in their own ways, for better or for worse. The series ended with a segment with the characters 10 years later, 
after the events of the finale. And I'm glad I got into the series before this finale, as the slice of life introduction might be a little tough for some people to get into, but I'm personally just a big fan of slice of life if you see my anime takes. And then we have True Colours. True Colours is an episode that began with a warning was saying, this episode has some intense final scenes, it might be scary for young viewers. You might think it's the usual, oh a bit scary, threat of death, and oh boy I did not see that coming. This is the only episode in the entire series to have a warning like this, and I'm keep talking vague because I suggest folks to go see this series for themselves. We have the somewhat sister show to Amphibia, The Owl House. And I got into Owl House first, and I got very disappointed to see it got changed from having a season 3 and 4 to just a 3 44 minute episodes. Deanna Terrence, the creator of the series, spoke out about how the Owl House didn't fit the brand because it was scared to older. Deanna Terrence said that Disney just wanted to be done with Owl House. Even get the constellation of season 3 episodes was difficult, apparently. Alex Hurst, the creator of Gravity Falls this month, has been celebrating 10 years of Gravity Falls. Oh, uh, I'm old. Anyway, he released covers of the song We Will Meet Again and exclusive clips of the storyboard work. Alex shared these complaints from Disney's SP. Please replace cheese as the term is considered an abbreviation of Jesus. Page 26. Please revise Holy Christmas as it could be perceived as religiously offensive. Page 6. Please revise Seuss's line about dressing as a giant teddy bear. It may call to mind the people who dress up as stuffed animals as a furry fetish. Do I even have to respond to this? One of the most infamous of these changes is known as the spin the bottle incident where Hirsch took slight revenge against the S&P. It's weird the things you will win and the things you'll lose, and sometimes it makes no sense. We, we had an episode where uh, they, they have a... Um, Dipper gets a flyer from Wendy for a Halloween party, and it just it said on it, like, Halloween party, um, uh, bottles will be spun, no photos better wind up online, and they're like, bottles will be spun, spin the bottle reference. I impossible, never on the Disney Channel. I was like, all right, like, you could watch Happy Days, and, like, that wouldn't be offensive. Like, what decade are you guys living in? And they're like, the party is unsupervised, what could happen when they spin the bottle? I'm like... People will kiss each other. I don't. I don't know. And they're like, "You've got to change that." So like, I fought them, and I was like, I was watching episodes of like Austin and Allie. Like, there's got to be a spin the bottle reference. I can call them on. Okay, uh, replace um, bottles will be spun with not S and P approved. Um, and they were like, the, our audience won't understand that reference. I'm like, yeah, but is it like against the rules? And they're like, not S and P approved has been approved by S and P. This goes back to what I mentioned last time, what was said in the Oscars about Encanto and how cartoons are just for kids. It goes to show that teen shows don't get the respect even younger shows or even adult shows get. Watching Gravity Falls growing up and now Amphibia finished and Our House going away soon, I feel like it's the end of these types of series on Disney. The Marvel Avengers Campus in Disneyland Paris will be opening up July 2022. This will be the second Avengers Campus, first one opening in Disneyland California, and I talked about it in the very first episode. Along with character meet and greets, we have the Spider-Man Web Adventure, the second version of the ride, where the rock and roller coaster starring Aerosmith will be replaced by a re-theme called Avengers Assemble Flight Force. As it says on the website, Heroes Wanted. 
team up with Iron Man and Captain Marvel to help them save the world from an intergalactic threat. The Earth is counting on you. Pim Kitchen, just like in California, has giant versions of food like giant pretzels and sandwiches. They have a new restaurant called Stark's Factory. This is a great addition to Disneyland Paris and it's a great way to celebrate their 30th anniversary this year. Epcot's first roller coaster and Disney's first backwards launch coaster, Guardians of the Galaxy Cosmic Rewind opened May 27th. This is the first time Marvel characters have got their own attraction in Walt Disney World. This ride replaced the Universe of Energy Pavilion and is manufactured by Vekoma. The attraction inside is a Wonders of Xandar and acts like an embassy and it showcases what Novacore does and what Xandar is like. Quoting the website once again, begin your adventure by touring the Galaxium, a planetarium like Expedition showcasing the similarities and differences between Xandar and Earth's galaxies. Just as you're about to reach the culmination of the tour, everything goes sideways and you're called into action to help the guards in the galaxy. Chris Pratt, Zoe Saldana, Dave Bautista and Glenn Close all reprise their roles from the Marvel Cinematic Universe as Peter Quill, Gamora, Drax and Nova Prime respectively. Terry Crews also joins the cast as the Turian Talmaric, an original character for the ride and the ride is also non-canon to the MCU for those a bit stickler to the lore. During the ride, one of six songs will be played randomly, those being September by Earth, Wind and Fire, Disco Inferno by The Tramps, Everybody Wants to Rule the World by Tears and Fears, One Way or Another by Blondie, I Ran So Far by A Flock of Seagulls and Conga by Gloria Estefan. I'm the daughter of the chief. Same difference. No. If you wear a dress and you have an animal sidekick, you're a princess. Journey of Water, inspired by Moana, has started construction. This is not really a ride, but more of an exploration trail. This water maze will be kind of an experience where guests will learn about the water cycle through Moana's world as you walk through this environment. It educates guests in the water cycle and how it sustains the world. And we're going to end with some musical updates. The Hoop Dee Doo musical review will be returning on the 23rd of June. This is located inside Fort Wilderness Resort and Campground inside Pioneer Hall. This two hour show has songs and food and if you want to be a little close to the stage, the whole performance and meal is just $74. Quiet! Thank you. Maestro, if you please. The Festival of Lion King will be returning on its July 16th and it's one of my favourite shows of all time. It's honestly, I do prefer it sometimes to the actual West End release of The Lion King Musical. This was originally in the Camp Mini Mickey area before it moved to the Africa Theatre in 2014 to make space for Pandora, the world of Avatar. In 2021, a celebration of the Festival of the Lion King was a temporary replacement. It's a must check out and who knows, this podcast might go and see it again soon. Finally, another show makes its grand return in a new form. Finding Nemo the Musical will be returning on June 13th, 
with Finding Nemo, The Big Blue and Beyond. This show has music from Christian Anderson Lopez and Robert Lopez who wrote music for Avenue Q and Frozen. Based on Disney and Pixar's film Finding Nemo, this exciting stage show invites you to discover a familiar tale of Nemo and friends from a whole new point of view. Fan favourite songs such as In the Big Blue World and Go With The Flow return. The adventure begins by catching up with the fish from Dr. P. Sherman's office and Finding Nemo who found their way across the ocean to the Marine Institute. With live performance, animated backdrops and a theatre decked out with innovative lighting, sound and special effects to create Nemo's undersea environment. This newly updated show takes you back to the extraordinary underwater world all over again. The biggest change it has been is the show's been condensed but it's still a show where the family can swim together and see this big blue world. That's all from me today. Make sure to check us out on Twitter at Disney Matter Pod for all the updates. That's Disney Matter Pod for all updates for everything coming out. We have a new episode coming out very, very soon where we'll be talking about one of my favourite series of all time, but I just want to leave on this. We've had amazing shows recently that bring such colour to the Rainbow Pride. We've had such amazing representation in Vibian, the Owl House, where it hasn't just been seen as just an afterthought. Lightyear even had some representation, but I haven't seen it yet, and I've had quite positive things about it. And uh, you might ask, why did I mention this? Well, I created this podcast as a way where I could talk about my love of Disney and things connected to it. My goal is to create things to make people smile and enjoy, and to make people laugh and create escape from the less favourable stuff out there. Everything I make, for example, my streams on Twitch and my content on YouTube, outside this podcast is not for money, it's not for any gain. I want to create some ball of light, some joy, some hope, but my embers personally aren't always bright, but if I can help others glow, help fuel their flames of joy, make them smile, that's all I wish for. And let your colours shine, and if I may take a phrase from one of my favourite content creators of all time, Defunctland, let you fast dance all your troubles away. Remember, if it's a matter, make sure it's a Disney matter. See you all again soon.